With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The clock's running down, the team's losing ground to the opposing defense. The young quarterback waits for the Suddenly it all starts to make sense He's got all kinds of time He's got all kinds of time All kinds of time He's got all kinds of time All kinds of time Hey everybody, welcome to episode 24, I think, uh, of Reporting is Eligible. Um... <laughs> Uh, once you get into the, uh, I don't know, past a dozen or so, it's just kind of like, um, yeah, the next one. One of my favorite weekly segments on this show is the uh, Hayers episode number. Actually, we're not sure. You'll, you'll see it when it goes up. Which is funny because what the the listeners don't know is Paul does the rundown and he has the correct episode number on the rundown. So I do. His show notes, his show notes, which are in front of him, they have were the number in front of me. <laughs> my phone went dark right as I started talking. So um, now it's back up. It is 24. Hooray for that, which makes sense. That's the correct number of episodes for a full season that makes it with a playoff team. Um, so we have a full boat today. Uh, I'm Paul Noonan. I write for the Shepherd Express, Acme Packing Company, and I do the MK Tailgate podcast um, in in, uh, in the suburban Milwaukee. With us is... Hey, I'm J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Hopefully not sounding like I'm buried under, I don't know, like three tons of... of I don't even know where I'm going with this. The audio was so bad last week. It was so, so bad. And One I'm thing we hopeful. offer on this podcast is variety of um, audio quality. It, it, uh, you <laughs> never know what you're going to get from week to week. We have new equipment and new recording software every week this seems to be pretty good so far also it's a rotating carousel of awful because it might be me one week it might be jr <laughs> I, I miss i miss matt's headphones that were held together by tape that, that was kind of the that also made me sound drunk that one time yeah it, that was that was my favorite the slow one. motion when you were slowed down by like a half, half the slow second, motion half podcast feet. was incredible it didn't make any sense it was like a time warp enveloped you Did oh I and also tell you guys about the memes <laughs> <laughs> Also, I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub. I'm here for <laughs> inane, terrible talk about football, Madden, and uh, whatever else that guy on iTunes was really mad about. But general Twitter rabble rouser. <laughs> I said it was, right this time. Yeah, the guy. We, we actually read our reviews, which is always a bad idea. Um, and somebody was mad that I sound miserable, which, eh, fair enough. Um, <laughs> Some criticisms criticism, are right on. Criticism accepted. Um, I, I'm actually pretty happy, but uh, I, I understand I kind of sound like that, so that's fine. Um, somebody said I sound like H. John Benjamin, which is the greatest compliment my voice has ever received, and I don't really see it, but I'll take that any day of the week. So I, for any for any who don't know, that's Coach in 
home movies. And Archer and Bob's and Burgers Archer. and the guy who does Arby's commercials right now. I could listen to that guy read the phone book. So I'm. Wait, is Ving Rames not doing Arby's commercials anymore? Ving Rames is also doing Arby's commercials. There's multiple right. Arby's spokesmen. He does the. I need a hero. <laughs> anyway, I love Ving Rames. Reading reviews is, is always. A bad I love idea. Arby's. Eat at Arby's. <laughs> I like Nihilus. Nihilus, Nihilus Arby's is an elite follow. It is. Elite it's great. Follow. Hey, Incredible. speaking of elite follows, uh, I got retweeted by Aaron Jones today. Oh, yeah? Hey, <laughs> Showtime 33 or whatever that is. Way to get retweeted <laughs> yeah. by the good Aaron. Yeah, uh, so I made a I made a joke. That it, was, it was Basically, all I did was made a Futurama reference, and Zach Cruz had mentioned him in a tweet, and I responded it to it with a Futurama reference about making his own Pro Bowl. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Pro Bowl. yeah, and he retweeted that because I, I was at work and I was pretty busy today and I, my phone was blowing up and I was like, like, why is something that I just said to Cruz? Oh, oh, oh that's why <laughs> a, pack, a, a person got into your. Yeah, good job. Do you yeah. think Aaron Jones watches Futurama? I feel like we're two different. No, generations I just here. I think that Aaron Jones is what, what's one step better than a name searcher where Aaron Jones will retweet anything nice that's said about him. Oh, okay. It's like a very positive name searcher. Not Yeah, but he doesn't name search. But any of his mentions that are like, you're the best, auto retweet. All right. I don't know what that is, but it's better than ripping people randomly that are just talking about you. So Yes. Um, that's but good. yeah, so Aaron Jones retweeted me. I, I, I feel justified in my Twitter use for the week. That's good. You, you got retweeted by the only Packer to play well. So nicely done. <laughs> oh, that was That was embarrassing. You know what, though? Lazard played well. He played all right. Uh, he was fine. Um, it was a very Lazard game where he was open a lot and didn't get targeted a lot. And that's how that goes. So, um, But yes, everybody else was bad. Um, so everyone was bad. Who do you want to blame? I know who Paul's going to blame. I know who's first. Mike Patton. Uh, both coaches, I would say, actually. But, but I think Patton was the worst because... Uh, can you remember the last time? Um, any team got run on this badly? I do. It was Dom Capers against the 49ers. Um, <laughs> are, we talk, are we talking about Kaepernick's game? Yes. But at least in that, in, at least in that instance, you're kind of seeing something new. You know, you're seeing a, a, just a quarterback run focused NFL offense. This is just running backs running, and well, Debo Samuel. But like, no, no NFL defense gives up 300 yards rushing to running no. backs in a game in this day and age. It's unheard of. It's ridiculous. Also, to a third string running back. So, in fairness to that, Raheem Mustard is is and has been their best running back all year. And the fact that they uh, split time as much as they do, they have other good running backs. But, like, they were playing Tevin Coleman ahead of him earlier in the playoffs, and that's dumb because he's not as good. But, like, this and Tevin Coleman broke his arm in this game, which is why Mustard kept in the game. Um, but, like, that's just bad football all around. And it was, I mean, you can blame the players for not showing up and getting just dominated off the line, which also happened, but, like, it's up to Petten to, you know, get guys on the field to stop the run after they completely stop passing and yell at people who are getting out of their gaps and tell people to set the edge better, which they didn't do any of. Uh, it was all technical. So, yeah, you can blame the players, but they didn't do that all year, and they were clearly not prepared for what they ran into in this game. Let me frame it in a way that is puzzling to me. Why didn't this happen before now? Because we've... This has been a weakness for them for years, like you said, with capers, and and it's it's shown up here and there. And I know that 
a lot of people retroactively are like, well, yeah, the defense was better, but it was still just like mediocre defense when you look at the league as a whole and they still aren't great against the run. But why was no one able to gash them the way that the 49ers were? What did the 49ers do that other teams couldn't or what wasn't happening in this game? Because I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel. I thought we were. Be, I thought the Packers had moved past this. I think you that's, know? that's a good question. I, I have a couple answers to that, and Matt's looking at something else, so I will go ahead and give them. Um, yeah, sorry. That's okay. So, a couple of things. First of all, the only other guy who does do this routinely is Belichick. Um, he's a a guy who will lean heavily to either pass or run to exploit the other team's weakness. Um, I would say kind of famously does it against the Bills whenever their run defense is bad. It hasn't been for a while. Bills have had good defense for a while. But you might remember if you play fantasy, you, you, the occasional Garrett Blunt when he was on the, the 49 or on the Patriots, like 160-yard, 40-carry, three-touchdown game. They were pretty predictable after a while because that's just how he leaned into those games. Um, but the other thing with Shanahan is, first of all, he'll do that, and he did. Um, but he also is a a big opposite guy like he'll run out of passing formations pass out of running formations um they went heavy in this game and uh, eventually the packers did put heavy personnel out on defense but for a long time they left out their nickel and they left out smaller guys and what the 49ers did was basically the opposite of play action um uh, fake pass um run hard past the guys charging up field and it just worked like 10 times in a row um and once it worked once he kept doing it um, it's not any more complicated than that. Once Shanahan saw it work once and saw that the Packers were just going to be overly aggressive, didn't have the bodies for it, he kept doing it. And a lot of coaches will like you know go to a successful run once or twice, go to a success- and then just for variety, change it up, whatever, not go back to it again. Some of the smarter guys don't do that. They'll gash you until you stop it, and once you stop it, if you don't stop it the right way, they'll exploit that, which also happened. Um, so they ran into a buzzsaw just in terms of great coach who's super familiar with Patton because he worked with him in Cleveland as his offensive coordinator and played against his scheme every day for a year. Um, Just a a, a whole big form of badness there with (laughs) outsmarted, out-schemed, out-personnelled. That feels like it should be the first line of an obituary to Mike Patton as Packers defensive coordinator because it's not like Kyle Shanahan – and the 49ers are going to go away. I mean, you never really know how one you're doing. This could be a McVay situation, and they could be like the Rams and miss the playoffs next year. But, you know, if Raheem Mostert, I know you said he's their best runner, that's fine. But most Packers fans had not heard of him for good reason. If that guy's tearing you up, I, I just think there's probably five to six other NFC teams that are going to be able to tear you up. That's pro- That problem isn't – you can't expect that to be fixed when the playoffs roll around next year, can you? Absolutely not. Uh, that was – uh, that is now on film for everybody to see. Just a total clinic on how to deal with Patton's defense. Um, I mean, maybe but he'll adjust also, and get better, but kind of doubt Paul, it. Paul, I think I, I think one of the uh, criticisms that you've had against Patton from the beginning also reigns true here, and that he is more of a film grinder than a football mind. And he prepared for Shanahan's offense that he thought he knew. Yep. And Shanahan Shanahan ran a different offense, and That's, he had no idea how to stop it. That is absolutely true. Uh, I'm I'm sure he prepared for George Kittle to have a big game for like a sure. an even run pass split. Um, for so did know, I, for that matter. Uh, I thought Kittle would be a beast. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that I predicted this game went how I thought it would go. I thought Kittle would be a beast too. Um, and like. He, Petten put Tremont on him. That's a good idea, unless George Kittle's run blocking every play. And then it's not as yeah. good an idea. And then and then you've got a 38 year old man uh, who's getting blown up by just the best run blocking tight end in the league. Yeah. So, um, 
I, I do think that's right. They prepared for a 49er offense that they saw all year that that was not what showed up on Sunday. It was completely different. Um, you know, not that they're a bad running team, not that they're um, not capable of being um, balanced one way or the other. They were a good running team during the year. But Shanahan just saw something, and he exploited it, and Pettin had a full game to adjust and never did it. Even when they were going like full-out um, run stop in the end of the game, they were still getting five yards, no problem, every time. Incredible. Yeah, but I've... My my statement on that was uh, Pettin's idea of selling out to stop the run is going from ten yards a carry to five. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> so, uh, like, I think that's like a fireable game to to get owned that badly by pretty uh, pretty conventional NFL offense. Like, not no, that was not convent- that was conventional. That was conventional high school con- off- it offense. It was like Justice Mosqueda was all about like this is middle school. This is literally middle school offense. Um, like I don't know my football terminology as well as he does. He's actually a coach, but it it was just you know run these outside plays till they overcommit, then bust them back inside. This works in middle school. Nobody should get owned by it this badly. No, so his was his was a Got it. run to the edge until they learn how to stop it, then run trap. Yep, run trap. So yeah, which is exactly what he did. So uh, son of bum. Also, he's out there. That's the, the other reason you should fire Patton. There's another. <laughs> there's a better guy out there. Just yeah. Just sitting Wade there. Phillips is. Wade Phillips is available right now. Please, yeah. please, Wade, please. I still can't believe Wade Phillips is available right now, but uh, but he is out there. That's because the Rams are dumb. They are. They're kind of dumb. It's really weird that they're dumb, but they're kind of dumb. Uh, did Romeo Cornell just get fired too? He did. did I see that? Romeo Cornell yes, got he fired did too. Wow. It was. <laughs> it's been a. It's been an interesting offseason already, and it's it's barely started. Um, the the Rams had a good defense this year. Like they've had a good defense in two of bums three years there and the middle one wasn't that bad the, they lose because McFay's offense isn't as good as it used to be not because their defense bum has been great everywhere he has a bad rap to some extent because he tends to struggle in his second year most of that is just regression to the mean and other crap going on defenses are unstable inherently he is great go get him now and Pettin, Ooh, so someone on our uh, on reporting is eligible just said regression to the mean everyone drink <laughs> <laughs> if you're playing along at home we do do you think they will? Yeah. Do you think they'll go after Wade Phillips? Do you think that's re- realistically what will happen? I thought it was no, a pipe dream earlier um, today. And then there was uh, Peter Bukowski just did like an informal poll on APC Slack, which only I think the two of us answered. But he had like yeah. 65% that Patton would be back. And um, mm. I saw I saw some rumblings that uh, Lafleur was kind of making those decisions right now. As uh, to- Lafleur in, in his... Lafleurian coach talk mm-hmm. uh, did not guarantee Petten's return. Yes, so, so that's whatever that means. It, I mean, basically, it was. I think he was like, "We need to evaluate our defensive coordinator" or something like that. Um, but he didn't. He didn't straight up say he was fired. But he did not say Petten is our guy. So, and you know, Petten's not his guy. He was forced upon him. Um, he was the incumbent, and he's not Lafleur's choice. So, um, I assume Lafleur has some relationship with with phillips too they were there simultaneously were they not yeah they had to have been so that's that's always a good sign um that so so what issues do you take with matt's game uh with well basically that they didn't do anything that i said in the mini pod last week (laughs) well they they did after they were down after they were down by 24 points they did yeah (laughs) great um it was the same game plan as last time it it was um a ton the only thing they did different was run a little bit more which fine aaron jones had a pretty good game all things considered but it it was still all like slant flat um 
flat throws to Devontae Adams, um, nice negative one yard throw to Geronimo Allison. That, that you could sum it up with that throw to Jamal Williams on third and three um, behind the line of scrimmage with two linebackers crashing down on him, um, and then punting on fourth and two or fourth and one and a half, whatever. Um, yes, Jimmy Graham was supposed to rub a guy, and he didn't because he sucks. Um, but there were two linebackers running at Jamal, and Jamal's not shifty. And he was probably not going to get that first down, even if that play was executed perfectly. Um, also, that play, nobody ran more than five yards. That makes it very easy to cover. Like, they don't have to cover any depth. All the Niners just crashed down on it. Um, that was the whole game plan. It was just like last time. That spray chart looks exactly the same as it did last time, except for the three deep right passes they threw that were the three best plays of the game after it didn't matter anymore. So also the uh, pass over the middle to Kumaro sticks out. Yes, also that's very nice. Like, do you remember the timing of that? Uh, what, so no. I so don't. coming out of coming out of the half, I I tweeted, throw it more than three air yards, you cowards. <laughs> and then and then the next pass was twenty yards to Kumaro. And I was like, see, do you see how, like when when touchdown Jesus is catching passes? But they made so much noise about learning from the last game, and then they came out and had almost an identical game plan, like. I, I would challenge anybody to tell me what was different about it meaningfully, you know, while it was still a competitive game. It, there's just nothing there. Um, aside from, I mean, I, I would also blame Rodgers for just holding the ball, not getting it out yeah. of time, fumbling, throwing a pretty terrible interception. Um, yeah. It, that's all his problem, not Matt's problem. But Matt called a bad game. That was That is how you lose to the 49ers. He did it twice in a row. Um, i not happy with that. I feel like that interception was for me. For for most people, the fumble that Corey Lindsley just snapped into his backside yep. was uh, was the one that really sticks out. But for me, that the game really ends with the interception because if the Packers somehow get down the field and score there before the end of the half, then it's uh, twenty to seven. They get the ball. They get the ball in the start of the second half. That could be twenty to fourteen, it, and they scored on the first possession of the second half. So, I mean, obviously, a lot of it has to go right there. But instead, the 49ers get a crack at it. They they add they add to their lead. What is it then? Twenty seven nothing at halftime. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, game over. Like, there's yep. nothing you could do, even with a pretty nice second half, or at least a nice start to the second half. It's yep. over. It was over. So to me, that interception, which is. Just it's so unlike Aaron to make a throw that poor. Yep. Threw, uh, threw that, behind that him. He was open. Um, a, a good throw there gains, uh, you know, a chunk of yards. Just he threw it behind him for reasons I don't know. I don't understand because he's not as good as he used to be. Uh, yep. So I personally think I I legitimately thought the game was over when it was zero zero and they punted on on fourth and one. <laughs> it didn't make me happy. That's for sure. That was that was to me. They they went out and and whooped the 49ers for for one defensive drive. They got a three and out. Yep. They appear to be marching down the field. It's fourth and one on the fifty one yard line. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, I'm still mad about it, especially because there was a lot of infighting in the APC Slack chat specifically about that play. Yeah, I was on Barnett's podcast yesterday, and he was the big pro. Uh, don't go for it guy i'm like come on you hear me talk so they numbers the next the drive was this. the next drive was five plays five plays they, they, they got back to the line of scrimmage in two plays so yeah um and so 
to me, that's when you are playing against the explosive offense, you do everything you can not to give them the ball because you're assuming that they're going to score on every possession anyway. Yeah. And let's I would, take chances. That's what we talked about. You have to take chances if you're the Packers. If, you're if not you're, favored to win that game. That's exactly And your right. punter has the flu. <laughs> and showed it later, by the way. I mean, totally. J.K. hit a good punt on that one, which it, at least that's yes. something. Yes. What if he would have hit the punt that he hit next on that play? Oh, man. It was a 20-yard punt. Like He used all his juju on that punt. Yep. <laughs> You gotta get, like when you're when you're the underdog, the clear underdog, as they were in that game. You can't be doing that. You have to take advantage of every opportunity you have. Like I, I, I was not. It wasn't over in my head on that punt. It was, but like I started to have the bad feeling on the Williams pass before that. It was like, well, you can't throw it behind the sticks against them. What are you doing? Uh, and if you do that, you got to go for it on fourth down. Like you have to. Every pass behind the sticks on third down makes you automatically have to go forward on fourth. I think that should be like a rule. Yep. Like, he had, by the way, he had 22 passes um, within five yards of the line of scrimmage or behind. So hmm. it was it was that again. It was one of the prevailing sentiments after this game, which made sense. It's what I it's what I would have wanted to, to talk about and think about was Aaron Rodgers comments that the window has not closed, that they still have a couple of pretty good years in front of them. And, and I think you could argue that a tweak here, especially in the playmaking department, would help. Uh, this team and this team could be at that level. But I, I was kind of surprised at a lot of the optimism I saw because the season for Aaron Rodgers was so mediocre. And when you lose that secret sauce of a Hall of Fame quarterback, when you can't legitimately say you've got one of the three best quarterbacks in the league anymore, I, suddenly to me, a lot more has to go right. And and so much went right this year to even get them to this point. I, I, I don't know. I feel like the window, you know, you can't say it's firmly closed, but I've seeing what Aaron Rodgers did this year tells me this team is I can't I can't expect this team to get back to the playoffs next year no and I, I think that's that's correct um their window of having Rodgers like be the guy to get him there that's over like you're in your John John Elway window now of the Terrell Davis teams like he's he's still good enough to to win but you got to put you know a, a bunch of great players around him to but what if happen. I mean but what if this was what if we're comparing it to the wrong era what if this was the 2007 packers and next year we're going to be the 2008 viking or the 2008 uh, uh jets and then the next year we're the 2009 vikings so like what if what if aaron has a down year next year is that a farve run is that yes okay. i'm saying i'm saying aaron Rodgers goes on a farve run aaron Rodgers had a had a pretty good year but not amazing farve 07 farve 08 goes to the jets has an okay year gets hurt um retires again goes back and becomes the 09 Vikings, the nearly unstoppable juggernaut who ran to the Houdat Saints on their miracle run. What if also regression tells us that they're going to miss the playoffs next year? Well, I, think it, it's, it, I wouldn't say it's quite that um, firm because they went 13 and three. Even if they decline four games, they still might make the playoffs. Um, right. But uh, the, the, the lesson here for the, is if you're the Packer front office, don't treat this like you went 13 and three, treat it like you went nine and seven because yes, in, you know, yeah. most universes, that's what you went. Just not. But I, I think they're. I, I truly think that they are three playmakers away from from a good, like a, a real contender. Well, I think that's the thing, though. Like you can't rely on Rodgers to make up for the lack of three playmakers anymore. Yes. You got to spend money and capital to get those guys there. Like you, you need your Rod Smith and your Ed McCaffrey and your Shannon Sharp there if you're going to have a good offense. 
Um, so they I, they need they need a real tight end, they need a real, a real wide receiver, and they need a real inside linebacker. Even though I know Paul, you don't think the inside linebacker is a real thing. Well, if somebody's gonna if you're gonna run for 285 yards, maybe it's, maybe somebody should have a good inside linebacker. Well, I mean, compare it to when the the Saints ran. What what was it that the Saints just destroyed the Packers on? It was like it was like 200 yards, right? Mark Mark Ingram goes oh, yeah. for 100, 150 yep. some yards. Saints went for 200 total. Next game they move Clay inside. That doesn't happen again. Nope, Clay inside was the solve like the way to solve all of that. That's very true. So hey, maybe we move Rashawn Gary inside. <laughs> <laughs> I think the trouble I have with the Favre comparison is that with the Vikings, it seemed to me there was an added level of focus on Favre's part, and even in 07 where he fell back a little bit, you know, he really did rein himself in, or Mike McCarthy was able to rein him in to get him at his efficient maximum for where he was in his career. And with the Vikings, he was he was reborn. You know, mentally, he was into it. He had something to really pull for. And I, I don't get the sense that Aaron Rodgers is down. You know, like, I don't get a sense that he's unfocused. And in fact, if the chip on on the, your shoulder, the chip on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder isn't going to really show itself in a NFC championship game against the San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> his hometown team, I just don't know. You know, if it's not going to work then, it's not going to work next yeah. year, the year after. Like, it's. It, it's not up to Aaron anymore. It's not because he's getting, you know, have the knowledge or the focus or whatever. He doesn't have the physical skill to, he's also, to do what he used to do. He's a very different kind of quarterback than Favre, who was always happy just to oh, yeah. air, air it out all the time. Um, Rod, Rogers' big biggest problem over the last five years has been a lack of airing it out and playing far too conservative to actually drive an efficient offense. Um, like I don't know what's going to change that other than kind of forcing him to by having guys who can get open downfield like why did open? you guys see it did you it guys open. see the see the arif tweet no nope. arif arif Hassan, um lampooned the you have to throw interceptions to be a good quarterback take well okay fine um but then followed up with aaron Rodgers' stats before and after his interception <laughs> and no, so like before before his oh it was okay i gotta find it but keep going well, I don't. <laughs> yeah, Rogers. Rod- he was better after he threw his interception last game. He was like it was night and day. Yeah. Well, and Aaron, hmm. I mean, interceptions are bad, but you can go too far to protecting the ball. Like you just can't. That's that's what that that argument is all about. And um, if you're gonna protect the ball and hit big plays, that's great. That's totally great. But if you're never gonna hit any big plays and not throw any interceptions, that doesn't work. Um, you know, it's like a base. It's like a baseball player with an empty batting average. It's like a guy who goes 300 but doesn't hit, you know, double-digit home runs in modern baseball. Not useful. Um, that guy's bad, and that's kind of what Aaron is right what, now. What does that mean? Uh, what's a, what's an empty batting average? An empty batting average is a guy who hits um like above over 300, but it's all singles. So no doubles, ah. no home runs. You're not powering in runs by driving the ball. You're just. But then wouldn't wouldn't his on base percentage be really good? Not always. Um, a lot of times those guys make a lot of weak contact, um, and they'll have like a three hundred betting average, but like a three twenty or three thirty OPS. So um, ah, you'd be surprised. Okay. Usually the power guys walk because pitchers are afraid to get in the zone with them because then they get punished. Whereas the weak hitters, they're like, yeah, I'll just throw it. Maybe he'll hit a single. Who cares? So <laughs> I have a couple baseball. <laughs> I think that's a couple a positives from this game. Too, right? Aaron okay. Jones was good. He was. Kenny Clark is saying things that make it sound like he's definitely coming back or definitely expects to come back. 
And I don't know if there's any universe the Packers actually beat the 49ers. <laughs> there might not be. They were pretty outclassed. I mean, that was a total domination. Other than, like, buses crashing. Um, but nobody wants that universe. That's sad. No, that's very sad. Yeah. Um, and the wide receiver draft class is very good. We'll go back to that. That is still a positive. That's that... definitely a positive. Like, at least they have a weakness where they can address it in the draft pretty pretty easily. So that's that's a good thing. Um I, I found a Reef's tweet, by the way. Um, he said, Rogers better start throwing some picks or they'll never get out of this hole. Uh, and then uh, after Rogers, so before the interception, Rogers was 10 of 12 for 90 yards um, and 4.8 NEA. After his interception, he was 20 of 24 for 220 yards, two touchdowns and 10.8 NEA. <laughs> So there you go. He All was right. playing angry. Yep. I mean, he was right up until uh, he Cam Newtoned all over the fumble. Yeah, that was bizarre. That was, that was weird. Very strange. Like, very strange lack of effort there. Um, that was, he was, I don't know if it was a lack of effort or like a deer in the headlights, disgust, but like, maybe, I don't know. I, I think he was so confused, honestly, by what was happening that he just wasn't he wasn't going to engage and like lead people to think that there was a problem, that there was a panic. I, I, the announcers got tripped up, I think, even by seeing Aaron Rodgers just see, be so apathetic about it. Yeah, just I think around. he he just didn't he just in that moment did not understand what was happening. That's all I can all I can think That's of. All I got. Jimmy Graham also did that several times during the course of the game. Um, <laughs> and the season. And, yes, and the season. Especially after people he was supposed to block just ran by him. He just walked out the rest of his route many, many times. So, um, By the way, probably retiring by the looks of it. Um, God, I hope so. He uh, he put out a very retiree tweet of, thanks, everybody. Might, he did. Might be done. So um, I think he's probably done. Hunter Henry, yes or no? Absolutely. Hunter Henry? Yes. Yeah. 100% Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is right. excellent. He's, uh, tight ends like Hunter Henry don't become free agents very often. He's only 25. Um, he's got a lot of good years in front of him. Like that, That's prime career, like top five tight end, probably type three tight end, um, the way things currently are. Um, so, yes, absolutely. That would fix a lot of problems. They should totally sign him if they can. Yeah, I would, I would struggle to pick three tight ends ahead of him. Yeah, well, two are easy after that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> There's my third. All right, well, go get him. Yeah. That's the uh, that's the off season prescription. I assume for, he'll uh... be quite expensive for that reason. Um, well, although, yes. um, yeah, but if we pay him Jimmy Graham money, yeah, Austin Hooper, <laughs> I think, is a free agent, and he's not nearly as good as as Henry. But I think a lot of teams might w- kind of wait and try and get a bargain on him instead. So there's actually some mediocre tight ends that might make the top one um, more available than he otherwise would be. So should we should we talk about our in house free agents? There are a lot of them. So there's sure. a lot. Let's let's run down the list here that that you guys have created. All right. So, Bri- Brian Balaga, Iowa. 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 I I think you can probably get him back cheap-ish because um, he's probably almost done. Uh, just I would imagine. I think you sign him to a four-year deal that you know he's only going to play two of. Well, I mean, standard NFL contract that. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes. What do you? Isn't the whole point behind signing Lucas Patrick the expectation that you put him at guard and move Billy Taylor to tackle, or is that just a? Is it not that lucrative enough of a contract where it can't be a Plan B? I, yeah, I mean, I think that is that is an, an idea, but I think you'd rather have Bulaga back if possible. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they also they give up on guys like Bulaga a lot. Um, 
and they're often right about it. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, but I mean, Brian Balaga just had arguably really good either, either like it's top three year. And in they his quit career. on. I should say they they usually quit on guards. They don't always quit on tackles, and he's a tackle. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's one of the three most important Packers this whole season, don't you think? Definitely. I mean, he, he sure, certainly belongs in the Pro Bowl. Uh, Bakhtiari had an okay year, too, but, yeah, and, but not, he's, a, he's more of a much brand. better this year, for sure. So, I mean, yeah. like as as I've been saying all year, or I guess since they announced the roster, uh, they picked the wrong tackle, and they picked the wrong yes. Aaron. Yep, they did. <laughs> At least they've got the pass rusher in there now. That's true. Oh, did Zadarius uh, Smith Zedarius made it replaced, in after the dust settled? Yeah, I think he Who, replaced Khalil Mack. Dang, I think actually straight up appropriate. What should have happened? Yeah. He should have replaced Curly Mack. <laughs> that is correct. Um, so after Balaga, we've got Blake Martinez. Balaki. Don't care. N- hard no. no. Bring him hard back. no. Don't bring him back. Don't care. Someone... Can you explain what real quick why it is misleading for somebody to have as many tackles as Blake Martinez had? I know we've talked about that oh, before, yeah. but that's still going to stick in people's craw. Why the Packers would let go someone who racks up all those tackles? Tack- okay, no problem on that because ta- tackles are not a good stat. Um, f- for starters, they are almost unofficial in that like they're official scorers who dole them out, and they vary greatly from stadium to stadium. But also, tackles are an opportunity stat. That just means that someone happened to run into you and you happened to bring them down or show them out of bounds. A lot of defenses funnel ball carriers towards guys that aren't their best players. Like a lot of the best players are the funnelers, like Zedarius and Preston. Like, so you're often trying to aim guys in clear space for Blake Martinez to come up and fill a hole and make a tackle. But he's not the active participant doing the dirty work down low. He's not like chasing guys sideline to sideline. He's hitting a gap hard where a guy's supposed to be if the defense executes properly. Um, like a lot of times, safeties lead lead teams in tackles, and that's just a bad sign all around. That's super. That's super bad. Yeah, Very bad. I mean, Hawk Clinton Dix did quite a few times under Capers, which is didn't didn't Morgan lead the team team yeah, in tackles too? He did. That's just guys getting into the secondary and, and secondary run support coming up. That's awful. Or tons of passes getting completed and then having to tackle a guy also awful. So that's like an opportunity stat. That um, it's kind of like how Kevin King's interceptions are a bit deceiving. Um, it means they're throwing at him a lot. That's it's bad. Um, it, it's good he had five interceptions, but it also means they have identified that he's the guy to go after. Um, I guess if you want a baseball comparison, it's kind of like how um, errors are kind of a bad stat because often guys who make a lot of them are also the guys who get to the most balls. Like um, often shortstops who with great range do make more errors than you would expect because they make a lot of diving plays, a lot of throws off balance. Um, it can actually be an indicator uh, in baseball of a good defender, um, contrary to popular belief. So it, if you're there, you'll get a lot of tackles. That's kind of it. <laughs> um, one stat that I did see get passed around the last couple of years was uh, for uh, defensive linemen, it was tackles within one yard of the line of scrimmage. And for linebackers, it was tackles within four yards of the line of scrimmage. And Blake was nowhere near the top yeah. 50. That sounds better. Of, of tackles within the line of scrimmage, or within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Like I call him so, Packers Mike Singletary. Like that's what he is. He, he's he's lauded inappropriately based on the work of other people. Okay. Always important to get a Bears reference in there. <laughs> uh, also, Andy Schaff. Should we re- should Schaff. we re-sign Andy Schaff? I appeared in the this week in Badgers uh, newsletter this week too. Um, Did, you just appeared analysis, like, so. it, it's like you true. Op- open the newsletter and just Paul pops out. Woo! He does saying that a punt might have actually been good. What? 
<laughs> it was a okay. punt in the Big Ten championship game that Paul didn't didn't love, but didn't dismiss out of hand. I wouldn't maybe, have punted uh, it, but it was a close call. So mm-hmm. fair enough. Great. I, I forget who responded with the gif of the of the woman fainting. <laughs> like my reaction when I see Badger Noonan not completely discredit a punt. Uh, thought that was very funny. Yeah. Also, okay. Andy Schaff with the. By the way, this week in Badgers, if anyone is a Badgers fan, you have to find a way to subscribe to his newsletter because yep. I love it. It is so funny. And get it for the random Jim Sorgi references every week. Get it for the random remembrance of of Badgers who are mid-level players <laughs> on mid-level teams. There's so guys. much. There's he, so much. He puts a lot of work and research into it, and it's great. Um, he, and he he has legitimately good analysis on them too. Um, like he was querying me for for that punting analysis just a little bit. I mean, he just asked me a question, but then he went his own. He did his own deep dive into what Paul Chris did last year on close call punts versus what he did this year and found that last year he had way more what we would call cowardly punts, um, a, a ton of punts last year from with, within the opposing 40 um, that just didn't happen this year, even though the opportunities were there. Um, concluding that, you know, Chris actually learned something between last year and this year is much more aggressive going forward on fourth down, especially if it was short and the running game could be used. So good on Paul Chris for learning a lesson and Andy for digging up all those stats yeah they went for it a lot this year they it was did. a very different look and uh it helps that the quarterback is somebody you had a lot more confidence in. he snuck it a couple times could hit a hit a slant pass didn't always have that sort yep. of uh anyway tremont martinez or tremont martinez tremont martinez, martinez. <laughs> that'd be an interesting hybrid tremont williams next on our list of uh free agents in house um, i don't know I, man he's... i mean tremont's gonna go for a veteran minimum right i think so um the worry with tremont is he was really good for them this year, and even whether they bring him back or not, he probably won't be as good, or his replacement won't be. And how the, many, how many teams was Tremont on between the Packers and the Packers? Uh, he went. He went. It I was at least two. The Browns is the only one I off the top of my head. And then I think he went to the Cardinals after the Browns. Possibly, I do not know. But I'm saying, in the time it would take Tremont to come back, he would be 83 years old. I, I think if if some team wants to pay him a whole bunch of money, that's on Tremont. Like, you know, get your chicken or whatever it was that that uh, Marshawn was saying. Um, I hope he's back. Uh, he was really good this year. He was their yes, he was. He was very good this year. Easily, I just don't think he'll repeat that performance. Like, they shouldn't go into the next season assuming that their secondary is good because it, their secondary is looking vulnerable at the moment after Alexander. It looks a little rough. So um, they have spent so much draft capital on the secondary. Doing it again seems like not boring, annoying. I don't know, but they should probably do it because I think they need to. When are yes. they going to get the secondary fixed, man? I don't it's know. It's just the recurring. I, I mean, Darnell Savage is a nice piece in the safety team. Safeties but, are fine, man. but the corners are still pretty rough after Alexander. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even even Jair still making what should be rookie mistakes yep. in his second year. Maybe maybe they should go after Joe Witt. Develop some free agents into um, good corners again. Maybe. I'm just saying, yep. like, con- yeah. convert Geronimo to resign Geronimo, no, convert him to no, corner. No, no, no. Geronimo's next on the list. 
<laughs> I think Geronimo is going to be back. Marquez Valdez Scantling played one snap. They need actual people they need who are listed as receivers. He will cost nothing, so he probably will be back because he knows the offense. But he's he's a terrible free agent. If anybody gives him more than the minimum, he no should be will, gone. No one will try to pay him. Yeah, he's it's fine. Geronimo is he is slow. He is bad. He should he not has the drops. He's he should not be on the opening day roster next year. Like, I really hope he's not. I'm very sick of him. Geronimo can't body. <laughs> can't body Geronimo. Mason Crosby. He's got to be back, oh, right? That's a tough one. Um, he's getting up there. Um, Do you think I mean, someone's going to pay him a lot of money, though? I don't. Um, he's not going to kick it off. He had a good field goal year, yes, but um, you know, on average, he's only okay. Maybe um, he's, he's reliable. Maybe the Bears will pay him a lot of money. That's that's my worry. Like, literally, when when I as soon as I said pay him a lot of money, my first thought was the Bears. So, maybe. Um but I, I, he, at some point, he's going to not be good anymore. And it's tough when he's a free agent. I mean, it's one thing if you're bringing him back and he's under contract, whatever, that's easy. This is actually a tough decision they have to make. Um, and especially if the Bears do come calling, because I assume that they'll give everybody who's a kicker a contract. Who was the, the head? <laughs> uh, was it Ficken in camp last year? Yeah. Yeah. Jets kicker. Yep. Well, he's, he's a Jets kicker now, right? Yes, he is. So, I mean... Is uh oh? What was the guy that McCarthy could never say his name right? I do not he, know. He had like an Italian name. I think he kicked for the Raiders after the Packers. Uh, I'm thinking Breno Giacomini, but he's uh he was an offensive lineman. I I know who you're talking <laughs> Dude, about. I can't was, come up with. Wasn't it? Uh, wasn't his last name Tavecchio? Yeah, yeah, that could that be. That sounds right. I Sam. I don't. Sam. Remember. Yeah. Okay. Don't know. No, Georgie. Um, Georgie Tavecchio. Giorgio Tavecchio. Hey, yeah. Giorgio Tavecchio. Sam Ficken. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Giorgio Tavecchio. Uh, they have no kicker other than Mason, so they'll probably try and bring him back. It's not something you want to be messing around with. Who knows? <laughs> but, yeah, so I'm just saying, like, w- without someone behind him, it's kind of hard to, to straight up say let him go. But I think someone might make the mistake of paying him a whole bunch of money. Yep, that's possible. We could could see a new kicker next year. Um, Marce- Mercedes Lewis uh, tweeted. I think it was, he either tweeted or he said in an interview that he like wants to be a Packer, wants to finish his yep. career here. I think big candidate to come back for a veteran minimum if he still wants. That's to play. a bodies thing. You have yep. no. I mean, the tight ends with Graham gone, they, Bob Tanyan, sort of uncertain where but he's going. Also, before before the signing of Jared Valdier. Uh, Mercedes Lewis was the third best tackle on the team. <laughs> he was. <laughs> Mercedes depth, Lewis, baby. Having him back is fine. He's good at stuff, so that's fine. He's he is good. At uh, stuff. Unlike all of the other Paul tight ends, <laughs> all of the other tight ends on the team can't say any can't say that they're all good at nothing. He's good at a few things. So I think Sternberger showed that he is maybe touchdown, good, maybe it was good, good at touchdown. catching, possibly good. yes. So, but I mean, when you spend your rookie year hurt mostly the whole time and then also coming back and being a rookie tight end and actually having a touchdown catch in the playoffs that gives me hope sternberger i don't think is like the answer he's definitely an incomplete like he could still be good for sure um no reason to like give up on him or anything like that and yeah he's i would rather have him than all of the other tight ends on the roster because at least he's an unknown who's shown flashes sure so uh mercedes lewis we all we're all in agreement yay yeah mercedes Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kyler, the King Sacrell. 
Probably the best play of that game against the 49ers was the Kyler Fackrell attack. Kyler Fackrell sack. Who had what do you have? One sack during the regular season? Yes, yes. He, regression, regression to the mean hit <laughs> Kyler. He hard. didn't regress to the mean. He, he regressed all the way back to zero, waved yep. at the mean it, as he was flying he past by it. it. <laughs> so also another great uh play to just embody Kyler. The trap block on third and eight to spring. Yep, I was going to say, mm-hmm. Kyler had his rough patches in that game, and yep. that was one of them. Kyler got destroyed by a pulling guard. Like, it was it, it was a massacre. He got destroyed basically every running play he was in for. He only played, mm-hmm. I think, 30% of snaps. Um, Patton, at least, was smart enough to realize that was not working. So, uh, <laughs> rough day for but, Kyler. He's not stout. He's... So, Kyler not coming back. Uh I think I don't. He's weird. He's old and okay. Somebody will give him money for sacks. I think. I think he's probably. You think someone's going to look at his tape and see that in his ten sack year, he got three in the same game, in which one of them was him falling down backwards into a quarterback. That one was awesome. Um, And someone's going to pay him for that. High degree of difficulty. You shut your mouth. He's an okay pass rusher, and someone will give him money for that reason as a (laughs) as a third edge. Earlier, I referenced one step better than a name searcher. There is one step worse than a name searcher, and Kyler Fackrell meets that. What does he do? Kyler Fackrell's family name searches him. Oh, Oh, no. Um, I have had multiple of Kyler Fackrell's family members in my mentions. His sophomore season, I think, is when I just went like ham and made fun of him relentlessly that's when he got blown up at the washington game hilarious yes that was the washington game um his cousin and mother and someone who i thought was his sister but i think might have just been another cousin but basically i had the fackerel uh whole fam in my mentions and his mother uh either blocked me or muted me uh but last year i Issued multiple public apologies <laughs> to the Fackrell clan. Uh, I said, "Hey, I know you're all name searching, so Kyler Fackrell, Kyler Fackrell." Uh, <laughs> so, so did you actually did you actually get off a block on like Kyler Fackrell? Jeez, uh, oh. <laughs> oh, that's just terrible. That was amazing, Paul. You know, I, I'm, I'm so proud. Cheers, buddy. To be a name searcher, you have to have a unique name. Like Aaron Jones can try to name search, and I'm that's sure he could like point. use some hashtags or whatever. But like, that's a that's that's a very involved project for him. Kyler Fackrell, that's not difficult. No, nope. it's not. There's hard. not that many Kyler Fackrells around. So my he's like was... a scoragami, but a name. Yes, <laughs> my. My, I'm not going to say my worst experience with name searchers, but my weirdest experience with name searchers. Uh, I was talking with a, um, a former Windy City Gridiron writer who now works for the Blitz Network. Um, we were discussing corners in the draft a couple years ago. And I said that I like Josh Jackson as the number one corner, which a lot of people did. Oh, and sorry, Josh, Josh Jackson, Jackson was super not yeah, the were, number one. Wrong, so. I was super wrong. A lot of people were. Um, and I said, I said something along the lines of like, I watched some film on Jair Alexander getting beat in man coverage. And every, the reason you didn't see Josh Jackson get beat in man coverage because he never did it. And I was like, but I still, I think he could progress, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Jair's dad oh, no. was name, was name searching his son during the draft process. Oh, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. 
So uh, the tweets have since been deleted, but I do have screenshots. They are in the APC Slack chat <laughs> I saved for posterity. Yeah, but yes, yeah, so Jair Alexander's dad came into the mentions of two random dudes discussing the draft. Hmm. All right. I wonder if Josh Jackson, I wonder if his status kind of plays into the next couple names we've got. Yep. Will, Will Redman, Ibrahim Campbell. I mean, I well, think you bring back both, and I don't think you even think about it. Well, but why? They're... Well, Redmond's a camp body, and Ibrahim's Fine. a starter. Is he? he... I think he is. Why I think is... Ibrahim. Ibrahim. Why he I mean, play if, more if... In this game, he played twenty also, percent of snaps in this game. He's supposed to be a stopping safety. <laughs> I'm. I'm also in the. I'm still in the mindset that we guarantee Petten's return because I hate myself. <laughs> and Campbell is the kind of guy that I think. Uh, Petten would beat oh, the table for. I agree that I I agree with that. He seems like the kind of guy Petten would like for his versatility. He also seems like he would have played in the last game more had that been the case. Like he's just a guy, and so is Redmond. And yeah, they could be camp bodies. They'll come back for nothing. But like I, th- if, if I they... think Redmond comes back for nothing. But I think Ibrahim. I don't know. No, I think he's... he could start. Well, uh, I hope not. That. <laughs> I'm not saying I hope he starts. I'm saying yeah. I think he could. All right. There's a there's a difference there, man. If he's important to your team, your team is bad. That's the thing. He... And the Packers are, are are the worst thirteen and three team of all time, right? Yeah. Isn't that the second second worst? There's a Colts <laughs> team that was worse. <laughs> uh, B.J. Goodson. Speaking of people who didn't stop the run that were supposed to stop the yeah, run. also B.J. Goodson is a two down linebacker. Who couldn't stop the what in the crap? Actually, actually played a lot of the game and to to no effect whatsoever. Um, I mean, if, if if BJ Goodson can't do it, we should sign Brandon Spikes off the street. The fact is, there's there's a ton of BJ Goodsons out there. He probably won't be back. If he is, it's because there's a ton of him out there, and he took less money than all the rest of them. So, um, yeah, yeah, he was available. You know, at the end of camp, yeah. like he's just you're gonna find that somewhere else if you need it. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Doesn't matter. So, the, now, the, now the, super, fun the, the super back. Danny Vitale. Very injured. <laughs> super injured. What happened? D- uh, he got hurt and did not do much <laughs> when he wasn't hurt. So, Is that Danny's fault or is that Malf's fault? Um, I'm not sure. Might be Malf's fault. So he probably need. I think the, the Matt offense does need a fullback um, to some extent or a guy to stand back there and play fullback. It could be a tight end. Um, but I'm not sure it's going to be Danny. So, um, yeah, I, I just I, I like I like Danny the athlete. Um, I like Danny the pass catcher, but I watched Danny the fullback whiff on blocks yeah, a lot I think this year. Matt might want a heavy, and that's not Danny's game. Could they move him to tight end? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> should try it because Paul and I discussed that actually. Yeah. <laughs> it, it it seems like it'd be a better fit for his skill set. And I mean, so I if you look why. at his college stats, he he ran the ball like four times. Yeah, he was he was essentially a tight end. He was an H back. Um, some some creative team should probably give that a shot. But I mean, if you if you look at the way that that Shanahan uses use check, that's that's kind of what you expect out of Vitali. Yep. And I just I don't know when when you talk about people in the Shanahan tree or whatever, the yeah. fact that Malf didn't really use Vitali's receiving skills. We have the two times that he ran a wheel. It, we'll and... always remember those times very fondly. <laughs> but yeah. 
So Veldir's going to retire. I will but, remember yeah. you. Veldir's next. He's, <laughs> I assume, dogs, going to re-retire. Sir. He's not going to come back. Right? Do you think he's retiring? He was already retired. I assume he's going to retire again. This well, was... he claimed he retired for medical reasons, and then he came back because he was healed. Well, and, well okay. Great. I, I'm sure he was also taking a shot at getting a ring with a team that was looking pretty good at the time. And now that that's over, I suspect he'll retire again. I, I don't know. I, I, gotta, I, I would like to have him back. He's good. But... Yeah, when you've got a veteran right tackle, if they bring back Bulaga. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense to have a, have another one at the backup spot. Why sure not? I, I like Valdir. I hope he doesn't retire. Same. If he doesn't retire, I think he's back. But, Paul, you're right. If you, I mean, if he he's wants to retire, retire, he's gone. He's going to retire. I mean, so Tyler Irvin is one of the highest priority people on this list, right? Yep. I want him back. Uh, once you have what's a- not to bring back like yeah. there should be no issue here right yes. yeah there we go Tyler Irvin for Tyler, Rubber Tyler Irvin pro get him back immediately <laughs> fix that and then Ryan Grant who who what may may not be real so right Ryan Grant <laughs> does not exist yeah. we have to confront that reality guys <laughs> <laughs> he's just it just he's not a real person he is literally the other Ryan Grant has, who is has, not playing football. Has he even done any interviews since he's been signed? <laughs> I think he did one. Like like after he was signed, I remember an interview. But outside of that, I don't think anyone has actually seen him. Nope, he's not real. Jared's what right. if he's dead? Well, that, that would be, be extremely sad. tragic. Yeah. Now I'm saying like like and he's like in like what's that show on Netflix now that everyone likes? It's basically just Dexter. No idea. You're gonna have the, to give me more than that. Yeah, there's a show on Netflix about a serial killer. The Aaron Hernandez documentary? No, but also that. <laughs> <laughs> the Witcher? No, no, it's not about the, the Witcher. It's uh, it's like Mind you, Hunter. It's called a You or something like that. Oh yeah, You. That's about a stalker, dude. Yeah, he's he's a serial killer. Yeah, I guess. Okay. That was but a show yeah. on Lifetime. It took, took a very dark turn. Caught on on Netflix. It sure did. That documentary, <laughs> by the way, on Hernandez, not great. Bad. bad Didn't like it. Yeah. It, it refuses to leave. Like every time I open Netflix, it's at the top. And I'm I just know. like, I don't care. I super don't care. Really struggled to prove its point, I felt. Which is what I think it was trying to say was that CTE had a lot to do with Aaron Hernandez. And his brain did have CTE in it, but it did not ha- convincingly draw the conclusion that CTE was to blame because. Got a lot of other guys with CTE. They nope. didn't do what Aaron Hernandez did, nope. so I don't know. They didn't really have a reason for why it happened. He just kind of a monster. I does mean, it? Cool. Does it mention Ray Lewis? Ray Lewis is not mentioned. Chris Borland shows up a few times to talk about, to CTE. Talk about CTE. Oh, because he retired. How early did he retire? After his rookie year. After his At rookie age, year. I want to say age twenty-four. Wow. He uh, walked away from football. Yeah, sure enough. He speaks very eloquently on the topic. He's he's fascinating to listen to. He did uh, kind of bring up Wisconsin. Uh, Toradol actually came up a lot. Oh, he was talking about line of players at Wisconsin lining up for their Toradol shots. So that, that created a little bit of a buzz uh, as sort of a sidebar to the whole Aaron Hernandez thing. It wasn't directly about Aaron at that point, but it was you know meant to be tangentially related. Not sure the documentary ever got there. but Did I ever mm-hmm. turn you guys on to the, the Vice mini documentaries about that? So Vice Sports did a couple like miniature documentaries, one about painkillers and one about Toradol. They're both like seven or eight minutes long. Um, highly recommend both of them. They're both on YouTube. Uh, I learned about this because I'm a big fan of Nate Jackson, former uh, Broncos tight end 
uh, he wrote a, a book called Slow Getting Up, Life at the Bottom of the Pile. It's uh, what it's like to be a late round draft pick and a roster bubble guy. Um, but he did an interview all about Toradol. And the big phrase that he said was, are you hurt or are you injured? And Toradol fixes that, even though it destroys your kidneys. It is right. uh, it is an interesting thing. How are we wrapping this up, Paul? You got any last thoughts here? Any questions we had? We got lots of questions. Um, you mean All questions right. from listeners or questions from me? I have no questions. Questions from <laughs> Yeah, I, no, questions from listeners. <laughs> All right. We actually got quite a few because I tweeted out the call for questions when everybody was really mad. And, uh, yes. That, <laughs> that works really well, as it turns out. So, um, Which, by the way, I, I, I understand. Anytime a team loses the NFC championship game. It really sucks. And you're going to hear guys at the grocery store like, well, I was okay if we lost, but I would have preferred we not get blown out or vice versa. I prefer it not come down to a one score game. This is so much easier to take than a one score game. I don't even think, does anyone think about the Atlanta game from three years ago? It doesn't even cross my mind. Nah, it's the not, even, not even the Atlanta level. NFC champion. Very good. Oh, but- <laughs> yeah. No one even talks about that game. That's nope. not, Thing compared especially to because game. atlanta went and shot the bed in the super bowl yeah. yeah they had their well and i mean but but also that's true of the seattle game seattle went ahead and threw the ball instead of giving it to marshawn lynch so but but that doesn't ease the pain of that nfc championship game nor will it come close to doing so this game is so i'm so already over it i'm over and, it too like they just weren't in the same class like they, they weren't no they they were the worst they were the worst team that day yep and this they is did. a wildly successful season they topped out they could not have done better than this no, in my that's opinion it. i agree uh, and totally it, the, agree with you on that. Like this was much easier to take. And, the the Chiefs with their full Mahomes would have just absolutely pushed the Packers crap right back up into them. Yeah, yeah. it it would have been a massacre. That's Indeed. extremely graphic. I would have loved to have still had the two weeks of Super Bowl buildup for you know Content City baby at jsonline.com. That would have been great. But uh, right, another yellow weasel, eh? Oh my gosh, yellow weasel! Who knew? How, <laughs> was yellow weasel your most successful story? hundred percent, absolutely. <laughs> it was well over a hundred thousand page weasel. views, which, for some context, that would probably be a top maybe ten story in all of twenty nineteen, I believe. Nice. So it's going to be up there at the end of the year. It's just wow. crazy. I, I mean, you know, I knew people would be into it. I didn't know that would be. A lot of it has to do with what gets into sort of the bloodstream of search traffic and what becomes the thing that you know, the first thing that pops up when people are just searching for a term and yellow weasel being a very clear cut search term, I think helped, but I don't know, dude, some it's, it's sometimes the science alludes. Are are you saying that that you're the SEO King? No, I'm not. I wish I were, (laughs) I'd be better at this job. I mean, obviously we're always thinking about SEO. We're always trying to hit that sweet spot, but it's just got to, I mean, it just comes down to something that fascinates people. It's got to fascinate people beyond just, you know, there, there's stuff that interests people and then there's stuff that fascinates them. And for whatever reason, the yellow weasel was it. <laughs> so Paul, should we go with the uh, angry drunk questions or yes. the, We're the start, sober today? Questions? Start with angry drunk, drunk questions for sure. Yes. Um, okay. Do you, do you want to be the reader or should I dole these puppies out? Oh, after you. All right. Um, let's see. Let's start with, um, uh, when, uh, oh, uh, how Jonathan Deal? How bad of a pick was Gary? Uh, there were there were more traditional defensive ends and outside linebackers available at the spot that I would have, in hindsight, probably taken. But I was very excited about the Gary pick at the time. 
uh, I think next year is when we really judge the Gary pick. Yeah, if it's going to be a project, you have to give him the full year. You have to give him until year two. Yep. If you're accepting it's project time, then I, I, I haven't given up on him. I mean, yeah, he's probably not going to be like a defensive player of the year candidate or whatever. That's probably not going to happen. But you get you went in with the understanding that that's that's the guy for next year, and Darnell Savage is the guy for now. Yep. I, I mean, I hate drafting projects always, but I I agree with that like logic like. Nobody thought he was going to come in and blow the doors off people this year. That's not what you expect when you go for a guy like that. Um, so, yeah, jury's still out. Um, it, may, it doesn't look great just because they could have used more people for this year, like a, a cup, couple of more pieces, and maybe they are competitive with the 49ers. They probably didn't think they were going 13-3, and three, That's you know? the thing. Like, they were more successful than they thought they were going to be, and that this would be a longer-term development than it ended up looking like. So. Um, uh, Rashawn Gary was drafted under the assumption that the Smiths were going to be good and the Smiths were good. Yep. So I don't think we can judge Gary yet. Yeah. Um, right. The only thing is, would you have gotten something at another position? You know, would you have added I mean, a linebacker they, they, or something? They, they could have, they could have gotten DK Metcalf late in the second oh. round. Like if, if you redraft tomorrow, do you take a wide receiver instead of Gary? Should, uh, this was pointed yes. out in APC Slack. Um, AJ Brown, was super awesome this year and definitely yes. the best receiver uh, rookie receiver this year. So DK was he, I, you don't think Terry McLaurin was the best rookie receiver by uh, uh, advanced stats and the stat that I made up um, AJ Brown is. So I, okay. I, I go with the, especially the one I made up. He is actually number one <laughs> in that in, in WROPS. He's the best receiver in the league. So wow. <laughs> DVOA was fifth. So it's not like he was that far off on other advanced stats. Um, Terry McLaurin very well might be as good. He plays for a terrible team. Um, with bad quarterbacks, so his level of production, given his situation, was impressive. So, but I would go with Brown. That's where I said. So, okay. yeah, Gary, Gary Pick, not my favorite, but you know, maybe it'll turn out good. Who knows? It's but I, yeah, I felt like the Gary Pick was because they didn't think they would compete right. this year. Sam Clunder has as uh, Smith broke the NFL record yet for most times leaving the field with trainers and returning <laughs> the next play. <laughs> and at least five times this the, year. The answer crazy. is yes. It was five at times in the five Denver times game. game. Um, <laughs> I bet it was like thirty-five times this year. Literally, it was five times in the Denver game. So, um, <laughs> yeah, Zedarius does that all the time. I do wonder if there's some strategy to it sometimes. So if it's like a you know fake timeout every once in a while. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, I never take his injuries seriously. I'm sure you guys don't either. Um, let's see. That's not drunk enough, Ryan. What are you doing? Preston Smith occasionally pulled that too, where yeah, he'd leave he the did. field and be back later in the game. And he wouldn't just be back. Not both those guys. They, they made impact plays. They were not the least bit hobbled. They were completely at full strength. Yep. Wait, we have a, we have a Senator who listens to the show. Zach Walls? What? Zach Walls, yeah. Iowa Senator. That's a wrote, wrote in a question. Oh, I okay. Suppose, I suppose we wow. should answer it. What yeah, does the so, Senator want to uh, know? He said, who's more responsible, Petten or Goot? Oh, Petten. Petten, 100%. Petten. Um, <laughs> like, it, it's hard to fault Goot for the defense. Uh, the Smiths are great. Um, Savage appears to be good. Adrian Amos is pretty good. Um, Kenny Clark, good. Um I don't, that's not his pick, but whatever. He's on the team. Um, they let Mike Daniels go. He was bad and got hurt, even though I did. I was wrong about that. Um, I, like they upgraded very well on the defense. It's hard to complain about Goot's effort on the defense specifically. So yeah, that's all Patton. Um, that's uh, a. <laughs> 
that's him. So um, thank you, thank you, Senator. Good question. Um, but uh, yes, so this I think this is kind of why we're all mad at Petten, right? Like, um, he was given a lot to work with, and to they should have uh, they improved. They were better than last year, but they weren't that much better than last year. And then to just fall apart in in a game like this is just very dis- dispiriting. Um, if the offense had not shown up, like they didn't, it's more understandable. <laughs> That's more of a goot problem, but. You know, you can only fix a couple things at a time. So, uh, sir, I think way more coaching. Anybody disagree with that? Anybody think it's cool? no? I, I 100% agree with it. that. Is that is Petten's fault? All right. I cannot believe that we actually have a, a state senator listening to us. Zach Walls, Iowa Senate. That is also, legit. I sh- I should have known the name. It mean the man who never leaves the internet. Uh, Zach Walls, like seven years ago went viral for giving a speech about his mothers. Um, oh, you guys remember I remember that? that. Yeah, I do not remember. Fascinating. That okay. Yes. So that's why I knew that name. Not because I'm, I'm, I'm not from Iowa, so I would not know the state senators, <laughs> but yes, uh, Zach Let's Walls. Let's be honest. We are from Wisconsin. Do we know the Wisconsin state senators? I can name a few because I'm in a newsroom, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure I would be able to otherwise. Fair point. I, I can, I can name a fictional Pennsylvania state senator. Okay. uh good for you it's, What's it's, the... it's from the office um, oh uh so anyway yeah zach uh appreciate the question that was not nearly belligerent enough for post-game questions but but fine thanks for brian bring, us, <laughs> the drunks. bring us the drunks all right let's see. Um, none of these so, there's like can we bring in wade phillips wait like there's a lot of questions of people about ask wade can we bring in wade phillips yeah um let's see how long has it been since the this is Luke Zimmerman? Um, thanks for listening. Um, the, apparently, the Reverend Luke Zimmerman. Who knows? Um, how long has it been since the Packers have had a dominant game-changing middle linebacker? Is there hope to draft one, or will it be a free agent acquisition? Um, and which, if any, starting offensive linemen are possibly replaced in the offseason? So we have AJ- church and state. I just <laughs> want to be clear of that. Yeah. Uh, AJ Hawk pre Dom Capers. Does no. anyone have a dominant middle linebacker anymore? Uh, the best one just retired. Um, Luke Keekley, I would say, was yeah the one in the league. Um, it seems like football moved away from that. Yeah, it's well, really... I mean, I mean, football is also moving away from the dominant running back. Hey, Paul. No, you're. I mean, <laughs> it, it might it might rally. Yeah, if if running comes back, it'll come back. No, uh, was your... Derek Henry was evaluated as being like one tenth of the of the offense? Well, I forget how one it was tenth put. Of war that are uh, one tenth better yeah. than the next best running back or whatever. So, so uh, a member of this podcast who is not me had a take a while ago that I still agree with that all inside linebackers are just outside linebackers that have something wrong with them. That's correct. <laughs> they're they're second baseman. Yep. <laughs> and second baseman. And so the decline of the marquee workhorse running back has brought about the decline of the marquee inside linebacker oh there you go and it's so, all connected yeah it, it, it is it's, there's an ebb and a flow i think that's probably correct so um. <laughs> and but so honestly like the last time the packers had a quote-unquote dominant off-ball linebacker i honestly think was the the pre-capers aj hawk yeah i think that's i mean no because he's he was bad um, he was not. He was not bad in his first contract. All right, he's fine. Uh, Who's Nick... been more vilified for their draft position, AJ Hawk or Kevin King? Kevin King. Yeah, Kevin King, because the the because a lot lurking yeah. over him. If if if, if the well, if the we didn't linebacker... take AJ Hawk, it was it was a tight end, right? Um, 
I mean, they Vernon take AJ Davis. Hawk. Vernon Davis. Vernon yeah, Davis. That's right. Thank you. Like, who drafts? But do you draft a tight end at five? They drafted him at six, right? That, that's, they did. He was he was <sighs> the next pick, and I, I guess I, he was rumored to the Packers. So I think that probably would have happened. Yeah, and I mean Kevin King, second round pick. Like you can't yeah. think of him as the way that people think but of AJ the, Hawk. The but it's is, the is guys who went before him that are the problem. Right. That they also, could have had. Do you know who? Do you know who went at the Packers pick? Uh, it's the like guy the actual, to the Browns, N- uh, David, David Njoku. David, David Njoku, yeah. yeah. Okay. Who I actually had mocked to He's the Packers fine. at that spot. So I thought it was kind of funny that he went in that, in that exact spot. All right. And yeah. offensive lineman-wise, like, Bulaga's pretty likely to be, I mean, somewhat likely to be replaced in the offseason. He's a free agent. He could garner some interest, and he's been injury-prone. So that's a possibility. I mean, and, and we did kind of touch on it earlier. If Bulaga goes, maybe Turner kicks out to tackle yep. and then you get you get lucas patrick um it's not, it's not who, great but anytime i hear lucas patrick's name it reminds me of uh chris kirkpatrick gonna get his get get your he, ass kicked in the M&M's, the middle, yes uh, <laughs> lucas right. patrick you can get your ass kicked chris kirkpatrick an underrated lucas member of nsync yep. <laughs> yep, thanks for the question reverend um let's see uh steve kurtz when do pitchers and catchers report i believe it is 88 days February 13th, I think. February 12th. Listen, you know what? I'm with you on this one, Matub. I I cannot stand that people treat that as that non-event as a holiday. Yeah. Literally people reporting to Arizona to start doing stretching and workouts. There's not even a a fake game that day. Like, it's ridiculous. I agree with you. It's such a garbage holiday. I'm Uh not into it at all. If you want to send me a few pictures of green grass in the middle of winter, okay. (laughs) But it is such a tease because you are a month and a half away at that point from actual baseball the spring training games are such they're nothing burgers too it's honestly i hate it i hate what's talking what about it. what's worse a spring training game or the underwear olympics i don't know what that is that so. is such a specific comparison yeah. the, com- the, com- no the combine oh the, 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 i forgot that it's oh combine. okay that's they're, what people they're call the same the same thing uh, spring training is better than the underwear olympics I, combines terrible Oh, oh, I had a combine take. Remember, we were supposed to talk about uh, this. Do your quick combine take. and then we'll Okay, so um, I, I have a very strong game. opinion on the way the NFL measures hand size. Uh, the way you measure hand size is you put your hand on the flat surface, you stretch it out as far as it can go, and you measure the distance between your thumb and your pinky. If you're still listening at this point, um, go to Matt's Twitter feed at Call Me Mateau and tell him your hand size. Yes, please do this. So put your hand flat on a table, stretch your thumb and your pinky as far apart as they can possibly go. My... Mine goes nearly horizontal. That's creepy. So, so I have I have freakishly Matt's hands are flexible creepy, hands. So, you know. so because my hands are freakishly flexible, I have very large hands according to the NFL. My hands are actually, according to the NFL, a half an inch bigger than Jeff Janice's hands. I do not have big hands. Yeah. They're just flexible. So NFL hand measurement is stupid. In fact, there have been articles written about how people will get uh, massages the the morning of to stretch their hands to stretch their part. hands out to let them be oh more flexible. God. Um, it's why Johnny Manziel has like eleven inch hands. Okay, so. I gotta admit that's a little fascinating. Yeah. Yes. So actually... I had a real take. All I told right. you it was real. You, you, <laughs> Matt, that was a good job. That was uh, that was well done. So well at researched. Me at, at call me Matub. Tell me your hand size, and <laughs> yeah. I will tell you if your hand is bigger or actually bigger. <laughs> All right, a couple more, and then let's get out of here. Um, let's see. Um, what, what do we think is the percentage chance that Petten gets canned? If we're betting on this, seventy. You think you think seventy percent he gets he gets fired? 
Thirty percent yes. is back. Okay. Yes. So you you are very in the likely to. I, I I'm more like forty. Um. So, <laughs> um. I think I think it's more likely than not, but uh, I would still bet that he's back. Um. If it's more likely than not, wouldn't you go north at fifty? Uh. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what that means, Paul. I'll go 50-50. Wait, that's I not think it's true. about 50 That's not 50. true. Not is zero. More likely than not is anything higher than zero. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay, JR and I are on the same page. We thought that you was, he was eh, more you might likely be right. I, I, I might have fired. been thinking about that wrong. In I don't know. It's all <laughs> interpretation. Whatever. Who cares? 40% is what I say. Whatever, whatever description you want to Well, we find, we'll find out pretty quickly, right? I think I mean, that's so. going to be an early early thing. Yes. Should, should we take a couple sober questions? Uh, yeah, let's move up to the sobers. And then. Fine. Okay, Jonathan Deal asked the same question twice. Stop what? it. Maybe he was drunk and we shouldn't. One was drunk, one was sober. That makes perfect sense to me. Two, two days apart, he asked two Rashawn Gary questions. I see you, Jonathan. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, haven't rewatched the game and I don't plan to, but were any meaningful adjustments made on the D throughout the game? Brian Pol- Polowski. Pol- Polkowski. Polkowski. Uh. I, I'm not Polish. I'm sorry. <laughs> So they're not hard names to pronounce. Sometimes, well, they get the C's and the Z's and yeah. everything, I suppose. But <laughs> Polakowski, yeah. there you go. Uh, so he did put more run stopping people on the field. Um, the problem is you can't like coach guys to get their gap discipline back. Like you can't take them over to the side and be like, "Don't stand here when they do this." So um, <laughs> he was able to like he, he tried to change personnel, but. He they didn't plan all week for what they saw in terms of running strategy, um, running on passing downs, running outside with speed as much as they did, and that was the the change that needed to happen was just sort of a discipline change. It's hard to do that mid game, and so it was it didn't happen. Uh, I think a better coach could have made it happen, but um, that was the problem. It's not like he did nothing. He didn't do nothing. He he changed up his personnel. He put Goodson out there for seventy percent of snaps. Um, just there was not enough to do strategically um, that could have saved them. But I thought the whole point of him over Capers, like being down on the field, is he could rally the troops and yep. and coach real time and blah 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 blah. I I, yeah. I don't know what the point of him being down on the field is. Um, it whatever. I'm not a coach. There's not <laughs> something to that. But, um. More questions about Wade Phillips. More questions about Patton. Um, one question that we've already answered, but I like the way they asked it. Chris Sinclair says, uh, could next season be ugly considering our record in one-score games? Uh, the in-game luck and injury luck from this year. Could we be next year's Chicago Bears? Yes. Absolutely. Like 100%. I'm not, I talked a lot of trash to Bears fans this year, as you all know from listening to the podcast. I'm not doing it next year. Uh, I, will, <laughs> I, I will absolutely not be doing that um, in the 2020 season. So that is very possible. They'll, they'll almost certainly come back to earth to some extent. Just a matter of how much. Hopefully it's not so much that they missed the playoffs, but um, they're they're definitely playing with fire. So, yep. Not well, I think, I think our season next year depends heavily on Mitch Trubisky getting a fifth-year option. It probably does. Um, yeah. Hopefully, they don't like go out and grab one of the halfway decent free agent quarterbacks that's out there. That could turn the Bears around pretty quickly if they did that. So there's a there's a lot of people out there for them to pick. There's Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Cam Newton and Phil Rivers and um, all kinds <laughs> of fun. Could you imagine Cam Newton running Nagy's offense? Kinda, yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm saying yeah. I, I can. I don't it's like a it. Good fit. <laughs> hopefully it doesn't happen 
All right. Um, and on that bombshell. Yep. Let's do it. Um, so uh, that will that'll do it for questions. Um, before we get out, we, we'll, we'll have a show occasionally going forward. Um, certainly around draft time, we'll try and do these. You know, once in a while, um, we'll maybe hammer out a more regular schedule and post when they're going to happen. But um, with the season being over, there's not that much NFL news. We already covered hand size, so no reason to have a podcast next week. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, before we get out of here, um, anything to plug? Jer? I don't think so. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the Bucks are going to Paris. Lots of coverage of the Milwaukee Bucks. I've been keeping keeping kind of a constant uh, running comparison with the 1971 team that won 66 games. That's a franchise record. They are the Bucks are currently on pace to win 71 games, which would make them one of only three teams in NBA history to clear 70 wins. So they are absolutely on one. I mean, they're, I don't think they'll win 70 games, but like they're like legit one of the best teams of all time right now. So yep. uh, I have my podcast posting on Wednesday morning with Matt Velasquez. We've been right. following the comparison. Lori Nickel did a great story on George Hill. Yeah. So jsonline.com. Still shooting over 50% from three-point range um, on it, the year. It's incredible. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean, and Chris Middleton's had a really good – He's great. Uh, everybody – you, you can tell a dumb Bucks fan by what their opinion on Chris Middleton. Um, Agreed. He is outstanding. They definitely made the right call by giving him money, and he's having really, like, an outstanding, like, second fiddle year where he'd be yep. one of the best players in the league if not for Giannis being on his team. Yep, his numbers are better this year individually. The team is better. He'll probably get to go to the All-Star game. He's uh, – I, there there was kind of a chorus of discontent with him that I think has actually subsided. I don't think we've heard it very much locally that Chris Middleton is just not not the guy you wanted to pay, yep. uh, even though the economics of basketball made it pretty clear that he was going to be the guy you paid regardless of whether or not you thought he deserved it, and uh, he deserves it. Absolutely. So it's been it's been great. They have the best player in basketball and uh, and a lot of other great pieces. So lots of Bucks coverage for those who have you know immediately turned their attentions to a different sport after the Packers season ended as it did. Matt, you got anything? Um, I, I would like to. We we crap on my baseball fandom pretty regularly on this show. We absolutely. Yeah, I, I would totally, like. To, I would 100%. like to. I, I would like to also show my ignorance to basketball. <laughs> I can't. I can't even say Giannis' last name correctly. It's I not hard. Yeah. On ten tuned Listen nope. carefully. Adetokounmpo. I did a Kumpo, sorry. I did a Kumpo. I, 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 I did a Kumpo. There's no NT like there is in real life, but you don't say it like that. It's, <laughs> I, did, I did a Kumpo. I did a Kumpo. I am not, I am not Greek. I'm not a basketball fan. You don't need to. It's fine. Giannis will do. Yep. People know what Giannis is. I write, so, I write his name as that all the time in stories. Like I just refer to him as Giannis so much more often than I use his last Well, it's name. like a third of the letters. Yeah, it's really <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, no, nothing really left to plug, but just uh, I, I am dead ass serious. I want I want everyone who makes it to this point in the podcast to lay their hand flat on a table, spread their thumb and pinky as far as apart as possible, measure the distance, and tell me what your hand size is at Call Me a Tub. I this I'm genuinely curious how many people understand how combined hand measurement works. I'll tell you right now, I'm not doing that. Like, if you want me to type something in Twitter as a response, I'll do that. But like to actually. Measure <laughs> Not prepared for that. Please, please do. Please measure your hand. Please. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Um, and go back up. <laughs> go back up. Um, so I, I'll have some. I, I, my Shepherd Express column was up today, um, just recapping the terrible game that happened um, and dealing with some things that they have to do to fix the team going forward. 
I'll be doing a season wrap up next week, and I'll have something up for APC pretty soon for for um, our Patreon subscribers um, over there at the five dollar level. When draft time rolls around, um, I'm going to put together basically a prop bet along the lines of what Andy does for Buck Around and for the Tailgate podcast. If you listen to that, um, I I'll put it together so it won't be as funny as when Andy does it. Um, but there'll be a prize. So um, when draft time rolls around, we'll have some just sort of over-unders on drafts, positions, who they're, you think they're likely to take, things like that. And we'll give something to the winner. So um, stick around for that when it comes up. Um, other than that, thanks to everybody for listening. Um, been a, a very successful and good season. Appreciate everybody who has tuned in over the course of the year. And uh, we will all see you again soon. You would always love me like you did back then Then I fell asleep in the city Kept blinking What was I thinking when I let you back in? I am trying to break your heart I am trying to break your heart Still I'd be lying if I said it wasn't easy I am trying to break your heart